morning, everybody, and welcome to the first Nefer Coaches Corner of 2022. It's actually our first year anniversary of running the Nefer Coaches Corner, and it's been really, really enjoyable, and I'm sure tonight is going to be no different. I hope everybody has had a good Christmas and a good new year, and I'm equally delighted, as well as uh, inviting tonight's wonderful guest uh, on with us to uh, welcome back um, uh, my co-host and head of academy at NEFA, Spencer Fern. Spencer, how are you? I'm very well, Ryan, and uh, thank you for inviting me back. You did such a good job last month without me. I wasn't so Stop sure I'd be back for uh, the January episode. So, uh, Stop it. Uh, good evening, everybody, uh, and welcome to the NEFA Coaches Corner, the first one in 2022. Our guest tonight is Alex Weaver, who's the under-18 coach for Lausanne Sport in Switzerland. And after a career in youth football, he started his coaching career at just 17 years of age. He worked for the Manchester United soccer schools in the States, France, Dubai, South Africa, and India. And alongside this, did his UEFA A license and a degree in coaching science. He then had a stint in the States with Seattle Wolves before moving to Singapore, where he was head coach of Haugang United. Moving on to Warriors FC, who he led to the league title. Now, his next journey was to Switzerland, where he's held a variety of roles, such as assistant manager at Lausanne Sport, under-18 coach at Grasshopper Zurich, and head of football conditioning and periodization at FC Basel before returning to his current club. Alex is also a UEFA Pro license holder and a follower of leading coach educator Raymond Verheyen, somebody who we all hold in the most highest of regards at NEFA. So, welcome, Alex. Um, before we get into the many questions that we have, and hopefully that you have as well throughout the evening, I'm going to hand you back to Ryan now because, Ryan, we've decided this is no longer a poll, is it? It's more of a question. Yeah, I really, what I realise is, is that I've been calling it a poll for many months now, when actually it's not a poll at all, I've just been asking a question. But I've had no letters in, we've had no complaints, but yeah, we're gonna, it's, just, it's just a question, it's just a question, and that's what it is. Um, and so tonight, in honour of uh, uh, this evening's guest, I'm testing your knowledge of Swiss football. So the question is, and let me just launch it now, how many Swiss league titles have, has FC Lausanne Sport won? Um, so just whilst you're having a go at, at a bit of housekeeping, uh, as always, we want to hear from you guys uh, tonight. You know, such an experienced uh, coach on this evening. Great introduction from Spencer there. We're going to get uh, the opportunity to speak about so many things tonight. So please participate, ask questions, add comments all of those things if you are asking a question please get it in the q a box makes it much easier for me if you've got a general comment or you want to do a bit of networking share your linkedin address share your twitter address anything like that that's the chat box but please feel free to get stuck in you want to hear it from as many people as uh, possible um uh, so spencer um uh uh, how many Swiss league titles have FC Lausanne won? Is it is it cinq, sept, neuf, onze, or treize? I would say it's six. Oh, Spencer, that 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 Rotherham education has come home to absolutely roost. Absolutely correct. 
it we don't is throw seven. this together, Ryan, do we? We don't, we throw, don't, it we don't, throw, we don't throw it together at all. So I'll have a little share of the results there so people can see. Devon, actually, I think the Google was working quick there for, for a lot of people. So um, congratulations to those. Um, but yeah, a bit of fun there. But um, really, like I say, if you've got any questions, any comments, you know what to do. Really looking forward to hearing from as many of you um, as possible. Spencer, over to yourself. Thank you very much. Welcome, Alex. Good evening. Thank you, Spencer. I, uh, I'm on the verge of going and hiding in another room because uh, I was going for a different answer. Than <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's quite, uh, it's, it's quite terrible. It's quite, quite, a, quite a bad start for, for myself. <laughs> I was going to go for five, cinq, cinq fois. May oh. when, do, when, when this is recorded for the podcast, we'll cut that bit out. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so a warm welcome, uh, Alex, and thank you uh, for taking the time this evening to join uh, us. Really, really appreciate it. So, the first question is about your current role at Lausanne Sports uh, with the under-18s. Under Can you tell us a little bit about your role and what it entails? Yeah, my, my role is uh, the, the head coach for the under-18s, under-17s group. Um, I think uh, I've been away from the UK for, for a while now. I don't know whether they do this sort of thing in, uh, in England. Um, but it, it's becoming quite common practice now. I went to France recently to uh, to OGC Nice, and they 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 do it in France uh, quite a bit. Uh, I guess it depends on the club, but it, it's an under eighteen and seventeen group. That means um, players born in two thousand five, two thousand four. Um, they we've actually actually at the moment only got two two thousand four uh, players um, in in the squad. So it's a very young squad. It's fr it's frankly. Our, our, our best under 17s yeah. and uh, and I'm the head coach for this group so we have a, a large pool of players like I said mainly 2005 under 17 players uh, and they play in the under 18s uh, championship here in Switzerland um, and uh, the, the, they train together during the week the, the strongest of those players will play for the under 18s on Saturday together with the under 18s that are, are pushed up into the under 21s um, so as you can probably see see now that the the club that I'm at right now, obviously lives on sport, that they've they've got an interesting project right now, which is very much focused on pushing young players to try and provide an overload for those players on a regular basis, both in in training during the week uh, and also at matches in the in the championship uh, of the weekend. Uh, the 16s are regular under 16s, 2006s, the 15s are regular 2005s. And so whether they're going to do that with other age groups or not in the future, I'm not too sure. Um, but that's that's certainly the, the situation now with, the, with our under-18 group. Having worked in Europe myself, I always get a little bit confused. I don't know if you do. Because obviously, outside of the UK, all the age groups are done by the year of their birth. And then all the British folks are, are trying to do the maths of like, well, 2004. <laughs> exactly. That means... That means they're seven, seven, ten, eighteen. Yeah, that was me. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> so, in in terms of your role, then, Alex, I mean, how far down age groups would you actually would you actually look at the club? Well, uh, due to you mean me personally? Yeah, you personally, yeah. Um, due to time uh, times of trainings and, and matches, I, I don't really get much chance to to watch other other age groups training. Mm. Um, at, at, at different places around the world, some different clubs. Sometimes you'd, you'd have sort of 
the um, in fact, it was like this at, at my previous clubs. You would have one age group maybe starting around about four, four thirty, yeah. and the next group starting about six thirty. So, if I'm the under 18s coach of a team that trains at six thirty, maybe I'd, I'd I'd be watching the under the under 16s um, before, or maybe stay around and, and and watch a session afterwards. But uh, we we train at the same time uh, at the moment, and so okay. I, I don't get a chance to to watch other age groups, but. Uh, mm. So in terms of continuity um, of, uh, I, I guess, sort of philosophy, if you like, in terms of th throughout those age groups, then how are you how are you maintaining, how are you maintaining that? Do you at least get to see the coaches of the other age group? That's, uh, we, we have an environment at the club where we, um, we, all the coaches are in the same office during the day, so we, we spend a lot of time together. Um, but other than that, it's the responsibility of the leadership of the academy, really, to uh, to provide the, um, um, the, the 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 principles, if you like, the the, the club's uh, objectives for, for each age group in terms of what goes on on the field. Um, so so I, I don't I don't get any sort of responsibility in defining that for the teams. There's there's a um, there's quite a bit at the moment. There's because it's it's sort of at the beginning of a of a new. Uh, a new period for the club project, if you like, which is quite common uh, at the moment. Um, I, I, uh, there's, there's quite a little bit of liberty with the coaches in terms of uh, how they coach. Um, but at the moment, the club have yet to sort of define those uh, those principles, those objectives for, for the team in terms of tactical principles, for example. And, and at the moment, Alex, are, are there some tactical principles in place that maybe are reflected as the, well, I call them the under-11s, you know, going through to the under-18s, where maybe they have one principle at the, the 11s, which carries through the journey, through the age groups? Not that we've, um, not that we've, we found, not that we've found out at the moment. Um, like I say, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a new, it's a, at the beginning of a new period for the, for the, for the club, um, the, there was there was some changes in the summer in terms of um, academy director, academy manager. There was some coaches coming in, myself included. I, I came from from another club here in Switzerland, um, and that with with the changes that they're taking place, that they're, they're sort of seeing how everything fits together before they're, they're This is what I, I think they're doing before they start to define what their objectives are for this new culture that they want to want to create whether they think of it in, in sort of precise terms like that or not, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. How would you describe the club, Alex? What's, what type of club is it? Um, how would I describe the club? It's uh, the, the professional team competes in the Swiss Super League um, against the likes of FC Basel, against uh, BSC Young Boys, against Grasshopper Club mm -hmm. Jürgen. Uh, the first team is currently uh, struggling at the moment in the league. Um, it was it was taken over a few years ago by by Ineos, um, the company that the Ratcliffe uh, Jim Ratcliffe owns. Um, they've taken on they, it was their first football club that they they purchased yeah. and, and brought OGC uh, OGC Nice as well in in France, um, and they've communicated very early on that their intention is to develop young players, ideally from the Lausanne area, the canton, which is like the, the county, the canton of, of Vaux. Um, but if not, then then from elsewhere. Um, 
a pop-up, I get is, is similar to what maybe maybe Brentford are doing. Obviously, we, we have a full academy. Brentford don't exactly have that. Yeah. But they want to identify good young players, even if it means from being in different parts of Switzerland uh, or maybe, maybe abroad, um, and to bring them in and to put them in the first team and, and to develop them and, and, see, uh, and see where it takes them. Made a little mental note there, Spencer, because I'm a big Wolves fan, Alex, and Wolves have just signed the Japanese player uh, from Grasshopper. So I'll come back to that uh, with any other business at the end because I'm keen to know how he's got on. Um, uh, yourself, you, you know, you, you've you've worked at senior level uh, with, with 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 great success. Um, uh, you know, and over the last year, we've had um, we've had some great guests that are in uh, a position of kind of development players, but I've also worked with with with, with senior players as well. Um, I, it's always a fascinating question to me, but, you know, what, what do you see as the big difference between the under-18 and senior teams in terms of you know, training, intended outcome for the players, um, uh, actual football actions? Um, you, you know, what, what do you see as the bit, as, 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 as the, the, the sort of distinct areas of difference between under-18s and the senior team? Um, I think it's it's sort of important to look at this kind of generally, sort of universally, like like we we alluded to just before we came on. Um, but especially in this situation, because I, I've coached I've coached at, at different age groups, but also in different countries. Um, and there's, there's so many external factors that, or external factors, internal factors that influence players. Um, and so it, it really depends on on sort of each and every football environment because it's the um it's the environment that that produces different information i suppose for the players to uh to process and and, and to store as, as those references but but typically the older the older players have um they're obviously naturally going to have more um and, and potentially stronger references say in in their brains than the younger players due to just the volume of their experience that they've acquired really um doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily guarantee that they've got more quality as a player um but i mean if you imagine say for example two two academy players what player a is is maybe training uh with the premier league first team and player b is training two years so the, the first player for example tra maybe training one year with a premier league team um and the second team uh, the second player maybe is, is training with a league two team but for two years so there's more experience there for the league two player um you know which experience was better for the player's development. Um, you would say because of the higher level of of players that the player A was training with, you would say that that the one year at um, at a Premier League club is obviously going to be more valuable experience than two years training with a League Two. No guarantee, but in in theory, that's what you would you would say because of the the higher level uh, of players. And so, so yeah, like I said, each football environment influences each play differently, mm. um, and it doesn't necessarily have to um, uh, have to be to do with to do with age. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 yeah. So, Spencer, I was going to say it's it, it's such a big question that isn't it in terms of you know intended outcome for the, for, for, for the players from eighteen year olds to senior players. It, yeah, we do speak about it a lot, don't we? Here, in terms of of of, of uh, under 18 football, academy football, not being reflective of first team football in 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 this year. In, in terms of all the guests that we've had on and thanks tonight, in, in terms of sort of patterns of 
what what what's being discussed? How do you see the difference between the eight teams and the first? In in Lausanne here. At this no, sorry, point. I'm just asking Spencer. I'm asking okay. Spencer that in terms of feedback of Alex's point. Yeah, I think you know what we see here in in England is the the, the under 18s and then the 23s and then you know is the 23s really preparing the, the lads for first team football? And um, I think the, the smarter club, you look at Sheffield United close to us. I've got a lot of their players out on loan, playing League Two, playing League One, and you know it's uh, no coincidence that they develop a lot of players for the first team compared to a lot of other clubs in this area. Uh, but I think that's something that's worked very well, you know, locally to us. Uh, but what I wanted to, to touch on, um, Alex, obviously, you know, your coaching journey, you've you've been all over the place, you know, Singapore and, and the States, uh, and gone to a lot of different territories globally. Now, when you take on a, a new role in a new country, what do you see really as a critical part of your first few months there? So, for example, you know, could it be a cultural thing, maybe when you went to Singapore? Yeah, it's... Um... <clears throat> It, it, it's very, very, it's very, very difficult. Um, I mean, if you're talking about culture, you could even talk about going into uh, uh, a club in England, say, for example, a club moving clubs from the from the same country, uh, because even so, they they've probably created a different sort of microculture within that environment. Yeah. Uh, but it's but it's even more evident, like you say, from going from 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 country to country. Um, it's it's important to have that knowledge if if possible if possible it's important to have that knowledge of the existing culture um within that uh within that environment that you, you're going to enter and this is this is not always possible to do that before no matter how many books or how many videos or how many people you you speak to um about the place that you're going to um observation what what i found observation and listening is critical uh but it's even 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 more vital at that initial stage when you're in, entering uh, a new environment um depending on depending on your role i mean are, are, you know are you, are you going in there as a as a key decision maker or are you going in there as a member of staff where you have those key decision makers above you um in which, in which case, if you are going in as a main, um, sorry, as a, as a member of staff with key decision makers above you, it's, it's very important to do a lot of listening and observing. And often in some environments, some cultures, a lot of just nodding your head to show that you are agreeing with them before you actually begin the process of trying to influence. Um, it's important, like I said, it's important to, to try and if you can understand what the existing behaviors are like within this new environment. So how do people behave in different situations? Um, and that, that, that will, will help. The, the time that I had in Singapore, obviously I'm going from, well, I was going from the States to, uh, over to, into Asia to Singapore, very, very different culture um again i i'd done a lot of reading and i, I tried to research etc cetera, etc cetera, as much as possible to gain that knowledge um but there's nothing quite like <laughs> first-hand experience reflecting on that experience and then if you look enough lucky enough to get another chance if if you mess up that is if you make mistake which you will um to then go and, and correct them and i was fortunate enough to to have that situation because I went into Haugang United, my first my first club in, in Singapore, um, 
with all the best intentions in the world. I, I'm, I'm, I've been trained by the English FA. I have my A license. I'm on this new course <laughs> that has been. I'm one of the top sixteen uh, A level pass uh, A um, A license passes in in the country. I've been chosen by Dick Bate, uh, the late Dick Bate, yeah. uh, to attend this new course. Here I am in Singapore. Don't worry. I'm here to help you. You're going to be better players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, okay. Have you heard this guy? Um, I went in there having heard about all these uh, all these coaches who go in there and want to stamp their authority on things and 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 have immediate influence on people and set boundaries. And, and in Singapore, the smoking and 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 even even drinking to some point, it, it's still sort of a it's still a large a big part of their culture. Um, with the Singapore Chinese, with the Sing Singapore Malay, with with the Singapore Indians, with with with, with everybody, um, and so a lot of the players I, I knew were still were still smoking, um, and so I went in there and I, I remember what, just one of the things that I did was just uh, going in there and and, and saying, look, I, I'm here to help, I'm here to give you absolutely everything, um, but I, I'm not going to help those that don't want to help themselves. So I don't know exactly know exactly what my my uh, powers are yet, but if I find any of our players smoking and drinking, etc., I'll do my best to get you out of the club because we want this, 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 this. Thinking that I was so Alex Ferguson, you know, yeah. with Paul McGraw and, and Brian Robinson, etc. Et but um, yeah, that didn't work out. And I mean, if, if, if all smokers, Alex, I'm sorry, were they all smokers? No, no, no. Well, I'm pretty sure not. No, not all of them. Just, uh, just a handful of. Uh, but um, I'm pretty sure it would have been better for me if I'd have gone in there with my own staff. That's also something that I didn't, um, uh, I didn't say because because you're almost moving a mini culture within another one. So so you, it's much easier when you have those that's those staff members that you trust. You you understand their behaviors, so you you don't have to worry about them. But I, I didn't, and, and I, I went in there, and, and, a, and a staff was given to me, and you, you've got, you've got all sorts of people around the the chairman, the owner of the club, who are in his ear talking, and and you've got them going to players and asking players questions about how the training, how is a new coach, and and obviously the, the the moment you do that, you give you give the powers to the players. So any players that aren't enjoying one particular thing about the training. Uh, they're going to be starting to plant negative seeds in in the in the in the brains of the the, the people that are around the, the chairman, and it's going to cause problems. And so they they I learned after that after reflecting on that that period that they didn't need the the change so quickly, or or it wasn't it wasn't good to try and make that change so so quickly. Um, my the second club that I went to, like I said, I, I had a, a break and I, I ended up going to uh, Warriors FC, which was formerly Singapore Armed Forces Football Club. And so I'd gone there, having gone through this period of reflection about my, my first first club, and so I had made this made this plan where my intention was to go in there a week's observation because there was staff there. It was it was halfway through the season, so the season was, season was up and running. A week's observation obviously the, being around and speaking to the players um, and, then, and then going from there. Anyway, long story short, it turns out that this, this Club Warriors FC was, was sort of a, a sleeping giant. It was one of the most successful 
well, it was the most successful club in, in days gone by, years gone by, most successful club in, in Singapore. They'd had a Singaporean coach before, but what was key was that they had five foreign players that had played at decent levels around Europe. I'm talking sort of you know, uh, uh, Croatian leagues, top Croatian leagues, Zagreb, and they'd got three, they'd got three Japanese players that played in, um, in, in, in the J League. And they'd also got a couple of expatriated players. So basically they had set, there was a five foreigner limit and they had basically seven foreigners. So you've got these, these foreign players uh, who were used to different environments, football environments as well, outside of Singapore. And, and so you, you, I, I learned pretty quickly that they, this, this team needed and wanted the change. They were used to the Singapore way. They were used to higher standards. They, they wanted something done. They wanted some some change to, to happen, and so I, I realized that that pretty pretty quickly, and, and so I was able to implement certain changes uh, at a far greater speed than um, than what I previously planned or I thought I would have to do, given my first experience in in Singapore. I think that's um, a really interesting sentence you said at the, at the start. The process of trying to have influence, and and I think you know. Very difficult, isn't it? And you know, we, we see this here uh, domestically as well. Everybody wants an impact. You know, talking about the new Everton manager this morning, all over the news. Well, he's got to go in and have an impact. Um, it would come across quite strange, wouldn't it, if he actually said, "Well, actually, I'm just going to observe for the first couple of weeks and, and see and see where it is." This. I think that goes against where our culture's at, really. So I think you really need to be. Uh, uh, you know, sensitive, sensitive uh, to that. Is, is that something similar? Is there a different culture in Switzerland to what there was in Singapore? Obviously, you know, big league footballing country. Were you able to? Were you able to have that time to reflect uh, in, in your job roles in Switzerland as well? Um, my first role when I when I came to Switzerland uh, was. Well, actually, my first role was was an under ten coach because I didn't come into a full full time position uh, at first. It was only after six months that they mm. they got me linked in with the with the under twenty ones as well. Um, but as an as working as an as an assistant at uh, at Lausanne, the, the first time when I first arrived in Singapore, I obviously being an assistant, you 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 you're in the perfect situation to be able to work and and observe and listen without that pressure of, of having to be the main decision maker. And it's when you're the main decision maker that you start to upset people because obviously you have to make decisions. And for example, team selection, there's only 11 players that can start the game. And so the rest of the players are obviously not going to be happy. So there's always some reason for them, for, for players or people around the club to be, to be unhappy with you. Um, and it, it depends on, uh, it depends on your your status, the, the the relationships that you have with those people, um, on how they they take to those decisions. Um, I mean, you have a situation where where Ferguson, Alex so Alex Ferguson, was in charge at Manchester United, and he'd built up a culture. He'd gone through uh, a very difficult period of time, but he always had the support and the backing of those above him. I say always. I mean, he he was given a lot longer time um without success than the vast majority if not all modern modern head coaches have have these days 
So he built up a situation where everybody knew who was in control. Um, it was a little bit different back then, wasn't it, in terms of player power, et cetera, the, these days with, uh, with contracts and, and agents, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Coming back to, to Switzerland, yeah, I, I was in a position where I wasn't I wasn't upsetting anybody. I was just seeing as the 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 nice uncle that sees the players and doesn't upset them like the parents do, so that the, the kids the kids aren't going to be pissed off with the with the nice uncle that comes around with just good intentions all the time. But uh, for the parents and for the head coaches, it can be quite difficult, uh, and especially again going back to my situation because I, I'm a I'm a foreigner. Over here, I, I'm I'm a strange one, étranger, uh, literally in French. It's it's just sort of the, the, the stranger, and um, it 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 can it can be difficult. And this is why you need to be very careful with how you go about trying to influence, because you have to understand whether you have knowledge, pre-existing knowledge of the culture anyway. But within any environment, there's always a, an existing culture that is there with people who behave in a certain way. And if you come in and you try and sort of top-down control that without that, without that um, status of being sort of a super ex-player or somebody that the players really know and, uh, and admire previously, you're not going to be able to make that connection early. And that's where sort of top-down guidance sort of being mindful and respectful of the existing culture, the existing behaviors of how, how people, how players are doing things. Um, you, you could do with doing that. I, I think, I don't know, a pop-up comes up of um, Moyes when he went to Manchester United. Uh, I, I think it's, it's only my sort of, a, of opinion. I've heard other people sort of say the same thing as well, that um, a big mistake of his was letting go the staff that had been around Ferguson all that time because the players were so familiar with them. Yeah. He had his own yeah. ideas. He wanted to come in. He was the chosen one. So um, I think it caused a few problems. I, I don't yeah, know. That, that, they hadn't done too bad, to be fair, had they? That staff either. So well, exactly. Was, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. And if if I remember, didn't... Um, I think one of the best things Ranieri ha has ever done was he, they just escaped relegation, hadn't they, I think, with Pearson. Mm. They had an awful season, yeah. but, but at the end of the season, they really started to do well right. and resulted in them escaping relegation. And But I think all that stuff happened, I think, which ended up making Pearson leave. Yeah. Then Ranieri came in, and from what I understand, he, he kind of left things pretty much how they were before. Yeah, if I can remember rightly. I That's know. right, Craig Shakespeare, Mike Stahl, they, 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 all, they all stayed as, uh, as, as the coaches, yeah? Yeah. Just going back to Singapore uh, for, for a moment, so really interesting about the, the week's observation that you did uh, when you were looking at the role at work. So, so what kind of things happened? Was it just you being around observing the training or did you speak to players? Did you speak to staff? How did you get a feel for the club? One of, one of the, uh, the most important things that I did at that time was I, I, uh, I arranged individual meetings um, with, with all of the players, which doesn't seem... Off the, off the, uh, at first, when I, when I say this, it doesn't seem to be much, but um, it turned out that uh, in, I think, I think I, subjectively, I think in, in football in general, um, few players make that extra effort to go and uh, to, to make a, a sort of a connection with players. Um, 
but especially in Singapore, uh, because the hierarchy system over there is very strong in Asia in general. Um, if you're older, anybody older or in, in, in a role sort of above you, you, you don't question them, you, you don't have that connection, you just sort of do what, the, what they say, what you're told to do. Um, and that's the culture. And so a lot of these players, especially the Singaporean, the local players, hadn't really ever experienced this one-to-one -one, uh, meeting. They hadn't been asked questions. They hadn't been asked what they think about certain things before. Um, and for some, I've, I've, had, I've talked to people where, they, where they've found that that's quite intimidating for some people that aren't used to being asked questions. And, and some people, some of the players were a little bit shy, but, but a lot of the players, but especially the foreign players, really, really appreciated that because it hadn't happened to them before. Um, because I, I, just, I just met them, some, some in the club, some at a local coffee place. And, and I, I just said, look, what, what's happening? I said, don't, you don't, you don't need to mention any names. I don't want to hear any names. Um, obviously, I'll, I'll keep it private if, if, you, if you do. Um, but I don't need to know any names. I just need to know what you think as, as being happening that is, that is uh, not working, what needs to be done to improve. And just by, just by giving, giving them that sense of ownership over something uh, in terms of, oh, the coach is, is thinking about my opinions, he, you know, and, and maybe I can, I can sort of influence how we improve, just really helps, makes that connection. It shows that you, it shows that the coach trusts them because they are asking the question um so there's that initial move to to gain trust um and then when you have that you you, you begin to make that connection because they, they feel a little bit more uh, valued um, so that was a very very important thing that i did with with all of the players uh, and and the staff um and then after when was it it was a certain period of time it wasn't it wasn't immediately but it was after a certain period of time we had a we had a team bonding day down in sentosa the local sort of uh, beach resort we went down there we played volleyball we all took our own food etc cetera, etc cetera. um but i i prepared some sort of um uh question some sort of task for them to do or, or for all, all all of us to do and it involved just simply asking questions about, about the players. So we got them into groups and it was asking, uh, they got the players asking each other about certain, certain things in their lives. And um, it, that, that was really, really powerful, really powerful because it, we ended up finding out some crazy stuff about my goalkeeper being uh, kidnapped when he, when he was younger and being taken wow. hostage in this car. And he managed to escape when he was about 12 years old. We were, th we were talking about, we were hearing about uh, players dads who are in prison etc etc and so they 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 really opened up and when when you show that vulnerability um other people begin to trust them because they are showing that they're vulnerable and so they reciprocate that they start they're more willing to be vulnerable as well and so you get this connection because there's more trust um and it, and it was a, it was a very uh very interesting thing and so, yeah, that, that initial time helped. Your time at Haugang, was that something you did there or was that something after your time at Haugang you reflect and thought maybe this is the, the route that you go down for the next job? Well, the, actually, yeah, the, the, the motivation, the, the, the factor that made me do that bonding 
session was the fact that we, the foreign players that I mentioned, uh, as good as those players were, we had the three three Japanese players and we had two Croatians, and that was like oil and water. And, and the Japanese players, very very good players, very very high standards of preparation, very worked very very hard, very very professional. But like me going into Haogang, the club before, it was it was very very different to what the Singaporeans were used to. And what made it worse was the, the, the Japanese players had sort of given up. They, they wanted to help the locals. They wanted to sort of show a better, a better way of doing things to locals. But they just went about it in the wrong way in terms of they expected the Singaporeans to come to them. They expected the locals to come to them and, hey, you know, we want to do this, show you that it, yeah, it didn't happen. And so at the end of that half of the season, at the end of the second half of the season, when the season finished, um, I had the chance to recruit more players. As good as those players were, I decided to, to, to get rid of the Japanese players and to bring in different players. And one of the first, one, well, the, one of the first things I told those players was that they're going to have to make an effort to go to the local players, to reach out to them, to make you, make yourself become part of their groups. Um, and, and they did, they, 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 they did. I mean, we had a, we had a Scottish player, we had a, an English player from our previous club, Haugang, and there was an Argentine, a young Argentine, uh, who was out there on his own. And so he, he really, really bonded with them because he, he had nobody out there. And so, uh, so that, 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 it was a very, very interesting time. Yeah. I'm interested as well with the, the conversations you have with an owner or a chairman. So when you have the opening meeting, I mean, I'm sure they have their expectations and maybe targets. Do you actually put down what your expectations are in terms of support that they can give you? Um, I, I didn't lay down my expectations. I sort of, I, I asked questions about what it was and this was at both clubs um and they were very honest and, and laid it out and laid everything out in terms of you you weren't going to have your own staff uh the staff is already there um they said this is this is the budget for the players um in terms of coaching that again again very very different very different cultures at, at the, the first club it was very much um like i mentioned a, a top-down control culture the the owner the owner of the club was a very successful businessman over there um and he was successful i think it it's it's um it was very obvious that he gained success by by micromanaging and control being in control of absolutely everything uh, and his his staff, which didn't have the football knowledge, but were, were purely there to basically spy on me and to report back on what I was doing and the, and the players. Um, whereas in the 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 second club, it was it, it wasn't great because there was it was completely the opposite. There, there was there was no sort of support from above. Um, which was fine because for, for a period of time, I, I was happy just to work with the players and, and, and my immediate staff. And we sort of used that in our, in our favor. We, we sort of said, look, you know, look guys, it's, it's just us because the players understood that the support was lacking. There wasn't an interest from above and it was very political. And so the players and the staff just sort of rallied around each other and created that little mini culture within, within the club. Um, but uh, no, I didn't, I didn't go in and, 
and, and lay down my expectations. I, I felt very, I didn't feel like uh, an established head coach where I would be able to go in because I, it wasn't like I had lots of offers from other way, uh, from elsewhere. So I could go in and say, well, look, if I don't have this, this and this, then I'm not going to come here. It was a case of uh, I wanted to work and I would accept that. Excellent. Um, I think just before we break for uh, the first half, just one more uh, question, um, and that's really around you know, you know really really important pushing on values there, um, and of course it's important in all, all all sectors. But in terms of in terms of your club now at Lausanne, um, you know what values uh, does the club have there? Um, but I guess more importantly, how do you monitor that? How, and how, how are they lived by coaches and players? Um, well, well va values, values influence, uh, influence behaviour. And, and in some uh, organisations, people don't really have much clarity in exactly what, exactly what they value. Um, they have some sort of... Um, opinions whereas if people ask them questions they'll recognize certain things where they'll say yes that's what i want but a lot of organizations haven't really sort of clearly defined what they value they have sort of general random thoughts about what's important mm -hmm. but but when you don't spend time excuse me to make this to make this clear to the staff then the behavior is, is, is more often than not sort of random and, and, and inconsistent. And, and then obviously this leads to miscommunication and, 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 and chaos eventually. Um, here at the moment, um, like I said earlier, there's a, there's a bit of a transition period taking place at the club. So, so th this, this kind of thing hasn't, like I said, alluded to, it, it's not being clearly defined for the staff. Yeah. Um, what's important to me, um, my uh, some examples for me is is uh, I don't know if I'm going to put them in any order, but but time, time is very important for me. Uh, it's important for my family. It's important mm. for work. Um, in fact, in in terms of in, in general, you know, three things. I remember somebody telling me when I was with the soccer schools, Manchester United soccer schools, and they said that the three most important things for parents, which I sort of took to be people in general, was people's time, people's money, and people's kids. They are the most important things in, in their lives. Um, and, and with the soccer schools at the time, obviously because it, it was sort of pay, pay to play Manchester United soccer schools around the world. Yeah. That's why I think they, they mentioned those three things, because you're working with their kids, you're trying to develop their kids. Um, they're obviously paying for it so it's their money uh so they want value for money and uh and they uh, you're taking up their time in terms of transport and time that the kids are, are taking up but going back to myself yeah time for me my family what they say for for work um honesty being honest with myself um is very very important something that um uh has uh, been very prominent with me, especially with with the mentors that I've had over my time. So honesty, honesty with myself, which is which is difficult for people to do to to be genuinely honest with themselves, uh, honest with my family, honest with my players, and then um, a knowledge, knowledge for myself, my family, my players. Mm. 
I'm just interested. Um, Switzerland's, um, you know, like to have referendum in Switzerland, don't they? They're a big fan of those type of uh, activities. Because how they are uh, sort of socially and socioeconomically, does that get into the fabric of clubs as well in terms of what things need to be like or what things are like? Um, it, it's the country in general is very, very structured, yep. very, very structured. It's, it's, um, it's very, very safe there. The, it's a very much, um, it's a culture which, which really abides by rules. <laughs> and in fact, when, when I was, uh, when I was moving from Singapore to, uh, to Switzerland, the swing Singapore in Asia is a very much a hierarchical system, which is very super structured. Uh, very, very clean, very, very safe, um, rules all over the place. And somebody told me that, you know, you, you do realize that you're moving to the, to the European Singapore. <laughs> and so that, that influences people in, in their thinking in, in football. Um, good way, more towards the German side of the country in, yeah. terms, of, in terms of tactical principles, respect yeah. for coaches, uh, training sessions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but also it can be a little bit of a, a negative as well in terms of people don't really sort of think outside of the box and, 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 and that could cause problems when you're trying to influence change. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, that brings us uh, to the uh, end of the first half. And I think we've got a really nice landscape there of how to move on in terms of some of the stuff that we've got lined up in terms of player and coach development. Uh, for the second half of the of the program, uh, but as always, we're going to get our guest to ask you guys um, a question, and it's a great question tonight. And I know there's one or two people that I can see familiar names that are going to really love this question. Uh, but Alex, I'm, uh, we're going to be speaking about player and coach development in the second half. Um, so you've framed your question um, in terms of the context for that, but I'll hand over to you. Uh, Ask everybody the question of which we're going to ask you to put your answers in the chat box during the break. Yeah, because I, I had prior knowledge to, to what we were going to discuss in, in the second part in terms of play development. Uh, I think it's important that, that we're all on the same page in terms of play development when we talk about play development and improving football. So to do that, the, my question is, if we're going to improve something, then we need to understand what that something is. So my question is, what is football? Great question. Great question. Um, so we'll leave it there. I really would like everybody to write, even if it's just one sentence, but at least one sentence, if you get just your, just your answer to what is football in the chat box, um, we can have some reaction to that when we come back. Uh, we will see you in about um, four or five minutes. So yeah, see you very soon. <laughs> 